All right, where do we go? Where do we start? <laughs> um, so just kind of going through the, the homework thing, that, that one Zebedee Coltrane quote um, to kind of give us a, a framework, a jumping off point tonight. Let me pop that one up. I, I bit the bullet and bought a new laptop since my other one was being so stupid. Did you get a contract though? I didn't, no. They uh, a fantastic deal. Oh, really? Dang it. I should have looked at that one. I got a pretty good deal. It was uh, $400 off at Best Buy. So I'm like, eh, I'll take that. I should have looked at Costco. Dang it. I'm, I think I'm going to get a new one tomorrow or yeah. Tuesday. It's a, um, a gram. I'm getting a gram laptop. <laughs> yep. Love it. Um, all right. So, uh, you know, with School of the Prophets, that first winter, we don't have a whole lot of the the minutes or, you know, any of the day-to-day -day stuff, but um, what we do have is absolute gold. And here's Zebedee's Coltrin, uh, Zebedee Coltrin's um, quote from it. I mean, it, it's his testimony, but it's not his full testimony because there's, there's other parts that are out there as well. But anyway, it says, at one of these meetings... After the organization of the school, the school being organized on the 23rd of January, 1833, when we were all together, Joseph having given instructions and while engaged in silent prayer, kneeling, with our hands uplifted, each one praying in silence, no one whispered above his breath, a personage walked through the room from east to west, or left to right, and Joseph asked if we saw him. I saw him and suppose the others did, and Joseph answered, That is Jesus, the Son of God, our elder brother. Afterward, Joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer, which we did. Another person came through. He was surrounded as with a flame of fire. I experienced a sensation that it might destroy the tabernacle as it was of consuming fire of great brightness. The prophet Joseph said, This was the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I saw him. <clears throat> when asked about the kind of clothing the father had on, Brother Coltrane said, I did not discover his clothing, for he was surrounded as with a flame of fire, which was so brill brilliant that I could not discover anything else but his person. I saw his hands, his legs, feet, eyes, nose, mouth, head, and body in the shape and form of a perfect man. He sat in a chair as a man would sit in a chair. But this appearance was so grand and overwhelming that it seemed I should melt down in his presence. The sensation was so powerful that it thrilled through my whole system, and I felt it in the marrow of my bones. The prophet Joseph said, Brethren, now you are prepared to be the apostles of Jesus Christ, for you have seen both the Father and the Son, and know that they exist, and that they are two separate personages. I think that there's just so much to this testimony and insight into the School of the Prophets and, and this experience. I, I have so many questions as well in <laughs> two lone little paragraphs here. But um, anyway, what insights, what things um, can we take away from that? Uh, principles or uh, doctrine or what have you um, from Zebedee Coltrane's uh, experience there in the School of the Prophets? <clears throat> the first thing that's coming to my mind is how ordinary all these people are, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, this is something that if we're called to do, any of us could do just as long as we rely on the savior and do 
as, as he directs us to. So it, it just, it's just hitting me really hard as you're reading this, that all these guys were just ordinary people <coughs> living their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. You know, God's no respecter of persons. And, and what does that really mean when it boils down to us, the little lay members of the church, right? <laughs> Sometimes we just live far beneath our, our privileges, our means, simply because of either false traditions or just uh, some unbelief in some way that, eh, that doesn't really happen to me. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I have to wonder when he says, um, let's see, to do, do, you know, that's Jesus, the son of God. Afterward, Joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer, which we did. And so that kind of begs the question, well, I mean, so they're kneeling, arms uplifted to heaven, right? Um, did they get up? Yeah. Did they get up? Did they like, was that an invitation to come and feel the marks and, uh, you know, have that one-on-one -on -one experience like the, the Nephites testify of? Um, like, yeah, what, what happened? Like, <laughs> I want to know everything that happened in between those two sentences. Like, but um, I don't know. It's just interesting to ponder and, and why he would maybe omit that. Wouldn't that knock you on your fanny? I mean, <laughs> just if they're, they're it over. right. I'm guessing they're kneeling like in you know the picture of the benches sorry mm -hmm. i'm not sure they said okay you know how they're kneeling the benches are are in the the room yeah let me pull up I an image up. they're kneeling so they're kneeling in front of behind them so they're kind of leaning on them or they not necessarily but probably i don't know i if i saw that i don't i don't think that i would be um, there we go. Um, I think I would put my arms down and I would be holding onto that bench for support. I, I would be like shocked beyond all measure. Mm -hmm. Um, who knows? So at this point, I, I believe <laughs> from reading the different things that the, the school of the prophets hadn't fully got to its 21 members yet but it was still with the original 14, but I could be wrong. So don't quote me on that. But I mean, look at this, this room, the size of this room. This is a picture kind of from the doorway. I mean, we're kind of getting the full scope of it. We have 14 men in there that, uh, you know, pretty packed. And if the savior and the Lord uh, and, and Heavenly Father walked, I mean, this is pretty close quarters. It's not like some far off vision or anything either. Right. <laughs> like you're saying, if, if all of a sudden the savior's, right before you like oh, oh my goodness i don't even know like you know people have different reactions I, i'm sure you know some people are like you know prostrating themselves like oh no i'm like in the presence of deity kind of thing like worship him kind of fall at his feet uh some people might might stand up or i don't even know it just bowl them over i can only imagine <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I just want to be a fly on the wall in that experience do we know which in that room faces like where the east to west is is that an uh, an east window well let me pull up a different picture of it because i think um this is what i uh, where did it go because i'm assuming that he went in front of them they they went in front of them uh -huh. like 
and to go along the length, like in front of that first bench across uh -huh. the so here's another perspective of that room. And on the left <laughs> is that one window and it seems to be taken in the morning. Um, and uh, the sun's clearly coming in that window and not this back one um, yeah. in different angles. And so I'm assuming this is east. And so he came in left to right. Yeah. Every time I have heard this account, I have pictured them kneeling in a circle so what Just, if their benches yeah. were moved and they were kneeling in a circle, right? Yes. Um, and and then I, I always pictured that that they came in and either walked behind them or through the middle of the circle or or something like that. But it, what is very interesting, it says here, when we were all together, Joseph having given instructions yeah. and while engaged in silent prayer, I want to know what the instructions were. <laughs> right? What were the instructions? I mean, okay, so this is what you're going to do. This is this is how you're going to be. This is this is what you need to pray for. Mm -hmm. If we want to all have this experience together, this is what we need to pray for. So, you know, I, I want to know what the instructions were. Exactly, right? <laughs> That's the key, I think. My right. mind kind of goes back to like Anthony Sweat's parables, right? Where there's Asher and he's getting the instructions from Simon. Like, uh -huh. okay, once you get in the room, these are the bows and reverences that you need to do and how to properly ask a question in order to get an answer yeah. kind of a thing. And I was like, oh man, what it would be like to have Joseph Smith, the prophet who of the restoration, seeing him kind of thing, give you instructions on, okay, once, once you're in the presence, here's what you do. Kind yeah. of yeah. Hey, I found yeah. that quote um, for seeing Heavenly Mother from Zebedee Culture. And if you'd like me to read it. Yeah, for sure. It was in Portage, Ohio on May 7th, 1834. One day the prophet Joseph Smith asked him, Zebedee Culture and Sidney Rigdon to accompany him to the woods to pray. When they had reached a secluded spot, Joseph laid down on his back and stretched out his arms. He told the brethren to lie, one on each arm, and then shut their eyes. After they had prayed, he told them to open their eyes. They did so, and they saw a brilliant light surrounding a pedestal which seemed to rest on the ground. They closed their eyes and again prayed. They then saw, on opening them, the Father seated upon a throne. They prayed again, and on looking, saw the mother also after praying and looking the fourth time they saw the savior added to the group he had auburn hair rather long wavy hair and appeared quite young and that's from the journal of abraham h cannon 25th of august 1880 from the lds archives hmm. i mean i've read that one a bunch of times i thought i had never noticed that heavenly mother was there so like, I mean, because there's another part of it where they see Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, that's that's right, uh, listed right below it that they saw <laughs> I, Adam I, and how Eve. Did I miss anyway. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty cool, pretty cool. I think a lot of the details are left out because each individual uh, encounter will be different. Yeah. And if we know details then those are the things that we're going to be looking for 
and uh, we might miss opportunities or or we might or the adversary can use those details against us to tell us that we what we're experiencing is not real because it's not x y or z mm -hmm. so i i think you know we got to realize that not only will the the holy ghost the holy spirit work with us to prepare us for the encounter but it'll also helps to know what to do and when to do it yeah. and because each one of us will have something completely different um i know people truly seek for these kind of encounters and i, I don't suppose that there's anything wrong with that uh in my particular case i would only expect to have that happen if it was necessary um you know if the lord needed to to tell me something and show me something or whatever but you know, I, I got the feeling that all of the encounters and all of the exposure to heavenly beings will be on a as needed basis and for the sole purpose of glorifying them and uh, the task that needs to be done. Maybe if us as individuals who are going to testify in behalf of them mm -hmm. uh, will only be able to testify the truth if they have appeared to us. So. Yeah um you know to be a special witness of jesus christ or of the father uh but you know I, I don't know that it's a bad thing to wish for but i just do know that in my particular case that i'd accept it if it happens but i, I don't necessarily need it in order to be able to testify of what i know mm -hmm. yeah like we talked in in group a of like what is the whole point of the school of the prophets and if you would have asked me two months ago, it'd be like, well, to part the veil, come into his presence. Like, that's that's it. That's the whole thing. But yeah, yet, think, it's the whole journey getting up to that point. That's just an outcome or a fruit of it that, you know, right. but the process of becoming and, and learning to be to that kind of a, a point. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of other stuff, you know, with the to being uh, numbered among the uh, church of the firstborn or having your calling and election made sure uh those are just merit badges you wear in a sash but i think the whole idea is in those particular cases in either case or anything in between that when you achieve that particular whatever level if you want to call it for lack of a better term once you achieve it you'll know and you'll know uh, but it'll it'll be a gradual thing and it'll be according to the will of the father in a and what he needs you to do so yeah um i i swear i think you know there's a lot of people that seek for those those great titles and those great things and you have to ask yourself why do you want it is it so i can tell somebody else because what if you were not allowed to tell anybody you just mm -hmm. had to exist so it's kind of like getting a hole in one on sunday and not being able to tell anybody about it because <laughs> you're out golfing when you should have been <laughs> at church <laughs> i love it so um, when Nancy said about the, the circle thing or whatever, I remembered and I, I just barely found this. So this is also Zebedee Coltrane in another uh, quote here. Um, but he said that about the time that the school was first organized, which I mean, he said that about the other uh, quote as well, right? Um, some wished to see an angel and a number joined in the circle and prayed. So here we have that, that circle, prayer circle motif. Yeah. Joined um, in the circle, not in a circle, but in the circle, which implies yeah. that it's a regular thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
When the vision came, two of the brethren shrank and called for the vision to close or they would perish. These were brothers Hancock and Humphreys. I mean, how would you like to be called out for that one? <laughs> when the prophet came in, so obviously he's not in the room, uh, which is kind of weird, but um, when the prophet came in, they told him what they had done. And he said, the angel was no further off than the roof of the house and a moment more, and he would have been in their midst. And so, um, you know, not all uh, outcomes of school of the prophets had, you know, there's a learning curve, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, the fact that there's a regular circle and that uh, for some reason, Joseph Smith was not there for this one. Was he there for all the others? You know, I don't know. Well, and then maybe, maybe they were supposed to wait for him and maybe they were doing it before he got there. You know, he, you know, like, you don't think about kids. Oh, let's see if yeah. we can see an angel let's yeah. do this and see if we can do an angel you know before joseph hurries up and get you know hurry up let's do this before he gets here and then you have a couple of them who when they realize oh crap look at what we've done no no we've got to stop or we're going to just be destroyed kind of thing because yeah. they knew they shouldn't have been yeah and like uh going along that line of so why did they shrink? Like what happened? Because the angel wasn't there yet, right? I mean, he was still on the, the roof of the house versus um, like what caused them to, to shrink and think that they were going to be, what did it say? That they uh, would perish. That they would perish. I, I think because they knew that they were asking for something that they were not prepared for. Mm. And that, you know, maybe they had since they needed to repent of or something like that and they felt that they would perish just being in the presence of an angel mm -hmm. yeah and then what did joseph teach them prior to this in another session or whatever that led them to to know that they could see an angel you know that that was a, a plausible thing and anyway like there's so much to these little snippets that zebedee culture leaves that it's like I just have more questions than anything. I, I just want to be a part of this and, and learn all of the ins and outs of that. So fun. Yeah, Becky. Um, could we pause the recording for a second and yeah, I share something? Sure. Um, I, I shared kind of a, a similar thing in uh, group A, but I didn't, um, I mean, mine wasn't nearly like that, but um, interesting how that that works kind of on on, on both angles right of um uh, what, what am i trying to say i'm trying to formulate my thought really quick um my first few experiences with like evil spirits or whatever where they were very tangible very like ugh, like i would just get like so freaked out and like fear-based right and um i think that we can sometimes have uh, equal reactions to uh, uh to light and uh, you know just like oh like uh these what was it brother hancock and humphreys like you know that it's a, a true principle you ask for it and then you realize okay i'm not ready or i think that i'm not ready or you know all that unbelief might might come into play there uh, a very interesting principle that comes through uh, kind of on, on both angles because um uh, that's the one that comes to mind for for me uh on <laughs> first few experiences with with darker entities and like ugh, i just get freaked out get like icky and but now i'm like yeah bring it on <laughs> be careful I can with cast out. Or, 
<laughs> bring it on listen to you <laughs> i don't get freaked out anytime that i have like ancestors coming to me or anything right like i used to get so freaked out by that when i would feel like an ancestor's presence or, or something like that i'd be like what are you gonna say <laughs> but but now i'm like yeah bring it on come visit me or whatever and you know one of the the most common things throughout all scripture when an angel appears the first thing out of their mouth is fear not you know like and i have to wonder like how many people are like ah <laughs> can't you come more gradually or something <laughs> well it, it's the unknown right yeah. right you have this bright bright light and and you i'm sure you can feel the power emanating from them yeah. and and it's like am i you really have an idea of your nothingness at that point and you think, yeah. okay, am I going to be destroyed? Am I going to survive this experience? And and you you've got that fear, and of course, you know, um, our society conditions us to be afraid of anything <coughs> supernatural, paranormal, whatever. Is recording back on. Um, and you know, uh, is recording back on? Yeah. I wanted to know. Yes. Thank you. Is there something you wanted to say? <laughs> no. Just... Okay. Sorry, uh, um, you know, but we've been conditioned as a society to be afraid of the unknown and to be afraid of these things. And I think that that, that contributes to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that their society was just as afraid of the unknown things as we are, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's go Leslie and then mom. Okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't raise my hand earlier. Um, I'm thinking of um, in the last class, I talked about how I think Joseph had such joy in the knowledge that he had. And I think um, one of the motivations for him to want the the brethren to experience um we haven't gone into anything that anthony sweat has said but to experience they i think that he wanted them to experience the things that he had experienced to know god as <clears throat> he knows him and christ and how the same be filled with the same joy and the same knowledge, the same understanding and, and, um, and I, we're, we're told to seek his face and I, and that doesn't happen unless you, um, as far as I know, unless you are, um, doing the things that qualify you to do so. And I you know children, there's, there's other seeking his face and, and receiving it in the way that they are is, um, there's needs to be sanctification, you, you know, all the things. And so um, I think Joseph was just excited. And, and I think that um, it wasn't, and, and for the most part, I think people that seek that aren't seeking it for um, 
They're just seeking it for the same reasons that Joseph um, experienced it because they love the Lord and they want to be closer to him. And I just wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of different uh, times that come to mind. Um, when the three witnesses, I think it was, of the Book of Mormon, uh, didn't Joseph say something along the lines of, oh, that, I, it's such a, a burden uh, lifted off my shoulders. Like, I yeah. finally have other people that can <laughs> witness of this, not just my own kind of thing. And then yeah. the the last charge meeting there in Nauvoo, um, which, by the way, if you haven't done a deep dive on the last charge meeting, that's that's a good homework assignment. But um, at the last charge meeting, he also says, all right, I've done what the Lord asked me to do, washed my hands. I feel such a relief. <laughs> like I, I finally completed it kind of a thing. And so I, you know, uh, there's kind of bookends, you know, at the beginning and at the end. And and why wouldn't that be all the way long of, all right, I <laughs> finally other people are, are starting to share in this and, and I'm not crazy. <laughs> I think he did a little dance. Didn't he? <laughs> you want to have a nation of of high priests mm-hmm. that's yeah. a lot of of high priests a, a nation of them so um he he wanted lots of people to be experiencing it and not just just high priests but high priestesses sorry i talked over you darling yeah. oh, it's fine. <laughs> um it just seemed like in that uh, last charge thing when he got that finished seemed like he did a little dance or something didn't he uh-huh yeah they mentioned that he was so relieved to have that taken care of yeah but can you imagine like I... finishing up an endowment and then doing a little jig <laughs> 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 anyway i've just been thinking about you know this whole experience i'm wondering if we're kind of approaching it wrong mm-hmm. in our thinking but i'm just gonna do a what if Thing. but you know how time is linear for us and for uh, God it's it's not linear and so um, as he's coming through this room uh, time could stand still for everyone except one person and they could have an experience with him and interaction with him and the others not mm-hmm. even know that until it comes back to him so there was some that didn't even see christ you know in that exchange but um but maybe they didn't witness any of the other stuff either because this is that christ would be interacting with just the one person at a time and um uh, so each one's experience would be a little different. And I can't imagine Christ would come through a room with these men that are seeking to, to see him and not have interaction with them and, and, and let them know of his love for them, show him his wounds, you know, one thing or another. And so I'm thinking that um, maybe, anyway, that's just how I was thinking that maybe that time might not be linear at that point. Oh, and like um, a couple things 
the first thing popped out of my head just as soon as I opened my mouth. But the second one was like, look at the, the Nephites, you know, how many were there at Bountiful? And if you do the math, he would have been there for weeks having a one-on-one -on -one experience with everybody. But if time is not linear in the presence of, of a glorified being kind of a thing, how he can actually have one-on-one -on -one and, and making it meaningful there. It makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to think, I'll circle back to my other thing if I think of it, because it was something fun, but I forget it what it was. And here, something along there. Um, I really want to remember what it was, dang it. <laughs> um, Sorry. Oh, oh. Finally, came back to me. Um, so there are, I've tried to find this quote, but I can't find it. So if anyone does, um, but in Anthony's class that I first took on School of the Prophets and stuff, he had mentioned that, um, and he had a quote on it, that not all of the 21 men in the first round of the School of the Prophets seen the Savior. And there arose many jealousies and, you know, we know that the second winter, you know, they, they took it off because um, they were uh, getting ready for the Kirtland Temple and, and stuff like that. But there was also such disunity amongst those members that, um, I mean, that's kind of the whole purpose of, of School of the Prophets is to, to become one. And some are like, not that the ones are flaunting that they've seen the Savior, but I mean, they're, they're testifying, they're witnessing going, hey, the pattern works. And some of them were getting so upset that they thought they were doing everything that they could and not getting the blessings. And so uh, it just created a strife. And there was quite a few um, relationships that got involved with, with wives and, and, and jealousy and stuff as well. And anyway, it kind of turned into a, a rough situation. And Joseph was like, we are not doing it this next winter. Like we have got to revamp. We've got to build Zion again, that unity before we resume, because uh, anyway, uh, they kind of got scolded uh, uh, about it, um, uh, that whatever time that you arrive to, to the vineyard, you're still going to get the same pay at the end of the, the service, right? It's, it's not about, oh, I got to see him first, or I got to see him next, or, oh, I'm still not getting any of the blessings kind of a thing, um, that it, it's all on God's timetable, like Scott was saying, you know, like, uh, anyway just uh that's one of the thoughts that popped in my head but i would really like to find those quotes on that um where that disunity uh, came through and and stuff so i could quote it better but um let's see where was i going next you so, know what uh -huh. can i say one more thing i don't know if it's that they he didn't want to do it i think he mm -hmm. couldn't do it it wouldn't have worked because that was <laughs> you can't yeah. even get through the the first bit yeah. it's just it wouldn't have happened when it couldn't have happened which is an interesting tie-in to our modern prayer circle right like uh, mm -hmm. unity is an absolute must in order for the pattern to work and the key to unlock the door uh, if there's not uh, there's no sense kind of a thing and so that that winter that they had off there um so this is a, a question that i posed to the, the first group as well but if you could create a bullet point list of what did the savior what did joseph 
want, what was the purpose of creating the School of the Prophets? And, um, you know, because, I mean, we could put lots of things in this bullet list, but like, what are some of um, the things that we can kind of boil it down to? What is the purpose of the School of the Prophets? And, um, and then looking, did they achieve what they set out to do? Kind of a thing. So anyway, just like, what are some ideas on what you would put on this, this list of the purposes and goals of the, the School of the Prophets? I think a better relationship with our Heavenly Father and uh, an actual relationship with the Savior. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing, <clears throat> sorry guys, I'm getting over sick. I sound really weird. Um, I'm seeing that I, I've not been seeing things correctly my whole life. You know, it's like, oh, well, this is a good story or this is, you know, but the fact that these are real life examples and that we can um, form a relationship with our savior, I think is huge. Mm -hmm. I think it was a high level leadership training. I mean, you know, even, you know, Moses was told to, to find uh, honest and, and faithful men to be judges and to help him. I think Joseph Smith realized that he also needed to be able to have reliable individuals uh, that he could call upon to build the 12 or whatever it is he was doing. So this was the school. And I know that a lot of the tests were probably there to weed out those uh, individuals who were not up to the challenge at the moment and to strengthen those that were. Mm -hmm. And yeah. whether they, whether it was successful or not, couldn't tell you, you know, as far as that goes, because I know a lot of them that were in that room and who did that, uh, some of them fell away, some of them were staunch, some of them, but you know, each one, it's just like the 12 now or the, the 15 now, they're all still human and they're all, being highly trained in specific things in order to be special representatives and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord strengthens those whom he calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that, that modern tie in there and stuff, because um, like from Zebedee's quote there, um, well, Zebedee's quoting Joseph brethren. Now you are prepared to be the apostles of Jesus Christ. You've seen both the father and the son know that they exist and that they are two separate personages so that they can accurately kind of testify and, and amplify that out, that high level training ground. I love that. Also like Zion's camp, right? You know, that's kind of like the putting the <laughs> shoulder to the wheel uh, part of it. You can only learn so much in a classroom and then go out and do that with the, the elements beating on you and <laughs> all of that. Yeah, Leslie and then Becky. Um. I want to read two quotes that Anthony Sweat gave. Um, how to create, uh, this is about being, creating a nation of priests and priestesses um, who have power in their life, heavenly power, who can understand God, know God, know his ways, know his, and I'm sorry, I keep thinking about this movie when I can't separate it out from from anything anymore 
Because there's so much experience, there's so, I'm sorry, there's, there's so, um, there's a world of difference between knowing something and then knowing something because you have, it's, it's been shown you, mm -hmm. um, you've experienced it and um, that they can bring about his purposes, that they can perform miracles, that they can build his kingdom. How do I create those kinds of women and men? That is what the School of Prophets is um, going to try to help instigate. <clears throat> that is going to be, and that is going to be started in section 88. And then the other quote is the one that Janet in the last class um, said, the great and last promise that you is that you can be endowed with high priestly heavenly power in your life to come into the presence of God, to know him, to know his will, to have revelation, to be guided, to be one with him and to receive a fullness of his blessings that, um, that that's the promise. So can we stop recording, please? <laughs> <clears throat> So did you have anything else or we go into Becky? I have, I have a question for Leslie. Leslie, what movie? Oh, Arrival. Okay. <laughs> have you seen it? Yes, we, we watched it Thursday night and- Oh my God. It, it is, it's interesting, but I definitely am looking forward to hearing people's insights on that. Did we get that straightened out by the way? Yeah, so in group A, we did a little test run because it's basically technology-wise. Like I'm trying to figure out like how best to do a watch party because I don't want to only do text chat, you know, on the side, like the Amazon watch party, like I was originally doing. Anyway, so I think we'll do it on a Zoom thing, but it, it definitely is going to require that you watch it ahead of time so that when we're doing the, the watch party, it's not going to be the greatest quality coming over Zoom. Um, but, you know, anyway. So yeah, uh, I, so we did plan to resume it this Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, but also we'll have future ones. Uh, if that doesn't work for you, then we'll revamp and, and do other ones uh, the, the following week or, or whatever. The, the thing I just talked about, the temple, that sort of thinking is very linear. And God was like, wait a minute, that's not, you know, trying to, to shake us out of that way of thinking, to unlearn even what we have learned in the world church, you know. Um, <laughs> Becky, did you share that in this class? No, that was last time. That's what I was going to share. So okay. you like segued <laughs> into what I was going to share. You pitched it over to her and you didn't even know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll see if I can deliver it okay. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? No. Way too much. So you and me both. Um, no. I so I got a little distracted um, this morning during my study and was reading up on Levi Ward Hancock, and he uh, was one of the first presidents of the seventies. One of the presidents of the seventy, and he was actually mentioned in a lot of Zebedee's. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, testimonials and journal entries. 
anyways, it was interesting reading about his life. At age four, he was concerned about his salvation. <laughs> Who is concerned about their salvation at age four? So anyways, I'm thinking about, you know, what Scott was saying, preparing, the, you know, and helping. Yeah, this isn't coming out right. I was thinking how much Levi was prepared beforehand and then how School of the Prophets just like helped him to reach what he was needing to in this life. But I went on to family search because I, as I was reading, <clears throat> I realized I thought this name sounds so familiar. I'm pretty sure I'm related to him. And um, so I got on to family search and found in his memories, Levi was talking about um, Zion's camp. So this wasn't School of the Prophet, but Zion's camp. And it seems very important, um, like the, the first step we need to start doing from here on out. He said, the prophet Joseph Smith taught those in the group being Zion's camp that we had to unlearn what we had learned from the world. Um, and I thought that was just so, so important. Um, he goes on to say that the first lesson that they learned was that Israel's God was a man of reason. He did not delight in the death of sinners, but wanted them to turn and live. He was a new God to me. And I think, um, we've, oh, we're here in this perfect learning, um, time. We're put on the earth to learn and grow in our bodies because this is where we can do it the quickest and get everything we're needing. But, you know, we look at how old each of us are. We've got all these years of unlearning what the world's taught us. Or uh, in Sunday school today, we were talking about... Um, how Satan takes truths and twists them. Like the, the fact that we need to love and accept everybody. And some of the, I'm not gonna get into it, but just some of the contentious movements that go on, they're based in truth, but then twisted. And there are so many aspects in our life that are that way, right? And we don't even know because this is where we're in this facade of a world that, you know, it's real. We're here right now, but the reality is eternity and everything else. So we have to be praying and getting help to unlearn these things because we're just, it's ingrained in us. We're entrenched in it. And I'm sure even, you know, it's biologically, some of these things pass to us through DNA. So it just kind of an interesting thought we need to unlearn. So I don't know, maybe we need to start praying and asking like, can you help me unlearn one aspect and, you know, start peeling the onion down layer by layer till we can receive truth. I don't know, you guys pray about it, but it just, mm -hmm. that hit me really hard today mm -hmm. i've been hit hard a lot lately <laughs> knocking me down <laughs> i love that um what did you say his name was hancock 
Levi Ward Hancock. Levi Ward Hancock. I'm going to look him up in like the, the early patriarchal blessings and like see <gasps> on, on him. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, if you do, please link it or send it to me because I should just like look it up myself. But if you're going to do it. Uh -huh. I was just looking up like Newell K. Whitney's um, because he's, you know, in the School of the Prophets. He didn't receive his blessing until 1835. Um, but I mean, I'm just reading it going, holy cow, there's some interesting stuff in here. Thou art a descendant of Melchizedek, and one of thy posterity shall be like unto him before the Lord. For his heart shall be filled with the same spirit from his youth up, and he shall be a benefit to thy posterity. I mean, et cetera. There's, there's a ton in there about uh, different other grand blessings and stuff, but I've never heard that one before. Descendant of Melchizedek. Hmm, interesting. So who's the descendant of him? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, now I'm going to be on family search the rest of the night. <laughs> but yeah, I find myself going back to like those early patriarchal blessings all the time. I have those three documents um, that Joshua Mariano sent me. Uh, emails are awesome to look through are getting... those are those within those three documents uh yeah so that one is in so there's uh one that's called earlier patriarchal blessings the second volume is called later patriarchal blessings and then there was a third compendium that they did that's called additional patriarchal blessings because they didn't have some of the records because the what i at the time it was not community of christ anymore it was probably moved into the other but anyway they found a new book of some of the early patriarchal blessings um and so they created a third book you sent that to us right <clears throat> yeah i sent it to you i can send it out again to i i don't delete your email so i'll dig for <laughs> it and i need to i need to find that because i i just felt this connection you know as i'm studying this stuff i thought oh my goodness i had no idea that i had a relative that that did this yeah i'm just looking for hancock really quick seeing if he's even in there sometimes they put ward in there sometimes they don't in zebedee's um it should on his patriarchal blessing but in zebedee's stuff it just said levi hancock oh yep levi w hancock <laughs> it's on page 213 of the later patriarchal blessings okay i better get a piece of paper <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I was very distracting there. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I must have it. <laughs> Elle's been patiently with her hand raised. What you got? Thank you, Elle. We love you. <laughs> oh, thanks. I just, I didn't think about this when Becky mentions this in the first group, but about unlearning. And I had some notes and some quotes that they aren't even church related, but they're by different people. And I thought it was so interesting because I had saved it a long time ago and it's, Says to find the new, we must relinquish the old. The great French scientist Claude Bernard made the same point when he said, "It's what we think we already know that prevents us from learning." Uh, and G.K. Chesterton, which I think is an author, I don't think he was a preacher, says the chief objective of education is not to learn but to unlearn things. Mm. And it came from a book called The Way of Transition, Embracing Life's Most Difficult Moments by William Bridges. And then Socrates' famous quote, I know that I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I love those quotes. 
And you know, it says in the scriptures, if what's the one that's in the Doctrine and Covenants, I'm going to butcher it really bad, but the, that we think we know everything. And then when we think we do, it's going to be taken away what we already know because we're so prideful. We think we know everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's to be humble and learn from the Lord. Like you've said multiple times, you know, let the Lord be our teacher and not think we know everything. Yeah. He knows everything and we know, we don't know very much at all. Yep, like Moses. Now I know that man is nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which never exactly. I had supposed or something. Yeah. Which thing I had never exactly. supposed. Hey Cameron, what page did you say that we Levi Hancock thing okay. was on? So yeah, I just stumbled over my mouth. So I haven't been able to find his actual one. The The page number that I referred to, 213, in the volume later, Patriarchal Blessings, are the blessings given by Patriarch Levi W. Hancock. Yeah, because Scott had printed it out. He just pulled it off the shelf, and he found that, and he's like, was this the right page? or is yeah. This a yeah, I started looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute. I totally read that wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so he gives patriarchal blessings later on in his life, which I'm sure are going to be amazing to read. Um, one of these days, <laughs> when I have bad weather and have a day off work, I just want to pour through all of those early patriarchal blessings and just download them into my brain. <laughs> but yeah, there's some amazing ones in there. And I didn't know that Zebedee Coltrane was a patriarch later on as well. So that's interesting. You look at these men who were in the school of the prophets, these men who saw Heavenly Father and saw Christ. And how many of them ended up as patriarch? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this list and I'm like, he was one, he was one. Oh my goodness. Many, how many are patriarchs? How many, because of that experience, because of that connection, that they have that connection where they can give those patriarchal blessings? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that just like unlocked my mind on something that I was studying earlier today. So, um, let's see. You're welcome. <laughs> so, remember Avraham's son of. Uh, sons of the prophets from uh, last week that I was mentioning that. Um, but anyway, what is the Old Testament pattern? The sons of the prophets is the modern day school of the prophets, right? And so we have this, this tie-in. But um, he lists in there that, um, uh, let's see, and Micah the prophet, the aged Ananias, Joel, Habakkuk, and his son Jashub, and many of the faithful who believed in the ascension into heaven uh, withdrew in the call out and um, all became prophets. And so I was looking, I, it, I might've shared it in this group. I, I can't remember which ones I share things in anymore, but um, so not that um, this was from uh, Tolly's class. Oh, that's another great one for education week. Always, always take Tolly if he's there. Um, so he, puts out and uh, let's see the class was on how the Bible came to be organized how it is currently in our King James version and so he was talking about the the prophets the Nevaim and this whole section of the prophets because there's the Torah there's the writings and then there's the prophets and so looking at the prophets they're organized into two groups 
There's the major prophets, which have multiple, I mean, like lots of word count, right? And then there's the minor prophets, where all of them only equal uh, a thousand words. And so if they're all, all 15 of these are apocalyptic prophets. They're all seeing the end times and telling Jerusalem that they need to repent. And so looking at Avraham's thing, where he is calling out, let's see, Joel, Habakkuk, uh, Micah, that um, many of the minor prophets, in fact, I would say all of them, because I've looked up uh, seven of them so far, and I'm looking at the rest of them. All of them came from the sons of the prophets, and all of the heads of the sons of the prophets were Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, um, Elias, or not Elias, uh, Elijah, and Elisha. So it's interesting to note that there's a pattern that a seraphim level being is calling out a group of individuals to be sons of the prophets and they themselves become minor prophets all at the same time prophesying of the future and then what like nancy was just talking about there like how many of these in the patriarchal blessings from the sons of the prophets became prophets seers into the future for other people like oh my goodness this is like unlocking a new level to me of um, some of those blessings that, that come out of the sons of the prophets, the fruits there. That's so fun. But um, yeah, like uh, I'm going to butcher what you said, but uh, what Scott was saying earlier on uh, uh, the, the school of the prophets, you know, it's a, a high level training ground for, uh, for those that are ready and willing to, to pay extra prices uh, in order to, to bless God's people. Um, very interesting how that works out. So not that this is a question that everybody needs to answer, but why, uh, let me preface it with this, um, with, um, what's his name? I just keep wanting to say Hancock, um, not him. <laughs> Coltrane, Zebedee no. Coltrane. No, this is a triumph mm-hmm. author. John Pontius. Yeah. (laughs) What John Pontius says. Um, The Lord cannot put you upon a path that you are not able to achieve. If if he's showing it to you, there's a reason behind it, right? I mean, he's not just going to dangle a carrot that you can never get to. So my question, uh, rhetorical question is, why is the Lord leading you personally to the school of the prophets right now in your learning journey? Why, why here? Why now? And, and why is it that everything is coming together all at once? Um, <laughs> the four ordinations book, the Isaiah decoded book, a rival movie, um, uh, come follow me. Like everything is converging at such an interesting time. And so, like, if, if we looking at the pattern, right, I mean, the pattern is the key that unlocks the door. Sons of the prophets, school of the prophets. Why is the Lord leading you personally to learn some of these, these patterns and principles right now in your personal journey? What, what's the end game? What does the Lord need you to do for your future missions? 
I mean, we could pose that as, as a collective group. Why, why did the Lord lead us to, to do this as a book club? But, but just personally, thinking about that, the, uh, I wish I could quote it verbatim from what John Pontius. I need to like print out that quote and put it on my wall. But the Lord cannot lead you, according to divine lie, I think he says, cannot lead you or place you upon a path that is not achievable or that you're not ready for. I had butcher in that quote. But anyway. Very interesting. Could you put the recording back on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to repeat all that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it's been saying it up in my corner. Recording. Uh, so anyway, I it makes me think of um, oh that um, thing by Michael Rush that Tracy sent today we watched that this afternoon nice. it was so and, good and the pattern there they had the sons of the prophets thing and then then michael rush pointed out about saints and he did this mm -hmm. um thing and saints are always persecuted you know and here we are the latter-day saints but anyway after that uh, there was a lot of persecution of these prophets and stuff after that. In fact, it was, was it Obadiah that hid a hundred of them in the cave and stuff? And because they were being persecuted and stuff. And if the pattern that is fitting like this time frame now, I think we're just getting ready to head into that the big persecution stuff and I think uh, those of us that know what our missions are we're supposed to get on it and um, is that what you're just asking Cameron what do we do personally anyway I know what I gotta do <laughs> yeah it's an interesting thing to, to really ponder and, and internalize like, okay, what has the Lord been tutoring me in personally the past couple of years? And I don't know, because uh, quoting again from, from Abraham on that podcast, um, to, it's an emergence of a cast of aesthetics called the Sons of the Prophets. They lived mostly apart from society in a call-out type of condition and devoted their lives to God, uh, etc. But, you know, like how many times over the past couple of years have we talked about the call-out and what it's going to look like and this and that and, and so forth, right? And I don't know. It, it's starting to kind of seem like that it's being issued in a very different way than i thought it was going to be for, for same here totally different <laughs> i totally did a whole lot of preparation for somebody but it wasn't probably me <laughs> yeah and so like i mean uh, like let me just put this one out there of like um i thought that there was going to be a, a stake meeting where um 
you know it was by invitation and you know whoever gets there and then it's like okay now go home get your food storage and everything kind of thing like I, I think that that is how it is going to be for for some people and stuff but um for me personally I think my call out is coming in a, a different way and I think that that's how personal revelation works right I mean there uh, to take somebody else's dream or revelation or whatever is fine like oh you learn principles from it but um <laughs> I had pigeonholed my vision into that mold. And I was just like, I am attending every stake meeting from here on out without fail. I'm not letting anything stop me. Um, versus the the slow and steady preparations that the Lord has been doing and and it's leading to a very different call out that I had never before supposed. <laughs> I think as I figuring out that's gonna be you're living the lower types of laws in that call out right i don't know Could that's be. what i figured out just the other day i was just like oh we're trying to go higher and live in the lower self-reliant way mm -hmm. i've spent all these years becoming self-reliant <laughs> it's a great uh <laughs> like l pointed out um when was that was that saturday i can't even remember i can't remember i think it was saturday but but the great quotes on self-reliance, and sometimes we misinterpret uh, that as being reliant solely upon ourselves versus reliant upon the Lord, like, you know, the Elijah example being fed by ravens and uh, things like that, the manna out of Egypt. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a purpose in the lower law of becoming self-reliant on our own beings, right? But that's mm -hmm. not the highest form of the law, and we mm -hmm. have to morph into... Um, actually yeah. giving up everything that Let we have <laughs> focused on on ourselves and actually letting the lord provide for everything uh, like anyway it, it's interesting no i've had i've switch. had to come to the realization through reading my blessing my blessing is not a happy one and oh i've cried and cried and cried but now i don't cry anymore i'm just like okay <laughs> i'm gonna go do this <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm going to be joyful and happy and do it. <laughs> yeah. I have cried and cried and cried for two years well, since <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, what? what? I was expecting. I'm what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that you take to a Christmas swap, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> when I first got it, I had to, like, I didn't, I didn't hear it. I blocked it out for quite a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then as I kept going back and reading it, I'm like, oh, it did say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's all it talks about, it seems like now. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> well, I can do it though. Yeah, you got this. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard. Fun. Well, <sighs> anything. Um, let me see on my housekeeping list to, to do. So we talked about education week. We talked about the watch party this Thursday, 7 PM mountain standard time. But if you can't make it, don't worry, we'll, we'll have others scheduled um, so that we can make sure. That it's Is this on the same zoom link? Yeah, it'll be on the same zoom link. Um, but, but, uh, 
I forget all the groups run together for me anymore, but um, making sure that you at least watch it once, if not multiple times beforehand, because the, the video quality is not going to be like that great coming through on Zoom. Um, and um, you're, you're just not going to understand what's happening when we start talking about all the things if you don't have the, the overarching storyline, um, because the storyline becomes circular and it'll anyway. Yeah, at least need to watch it once if not multiple you need time before after watching it to let it sink in and let the lord go do 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 yeah it's an intense one um yeah so that's all that housekeeping i've got so next week we have um our first kind of foretaste of it the, the preface and the kind of background information i mean <laughs> these four weeks have been background right but um there's that that one very great document i highly suggest reading it and then the the preface to the lectures on faith and then after that we're hitting it uh, hard and steady uh one lecture a week <clears throat> anyway yeah anything else before we head out for the night man <laughs> I, sometimes i wonder uh, especially this last week of like um the homework is literally just two little paragraphs what are we going to talk about <laughs> but uh, all of the the culmination of, of the past few weeks and everything has just uh, created a perfect storm hasn't it a snowball it's just I, getting bigger and bigger and bigger i have um something for you to ponder awesome so if time isn't linear, right? Mm -hmm. And each person could interact personally without the others knowing or seeing, right? Time's not linear. Take that same concept of time is not linear and overlay that on the Garden of Gethsemane and think of the possibilities. Yeah. What ramification does that have? One by one what might that what can we learn from that and how might christ really know each one of us individually and know how we felt throughout everything so that he can suffer it mm -hmm. And why would he so, so very tired? Yeah. Time is not linear. Just a thought. Mm -hmm. Something to ponder. That is going to be that is a good one. Excellent one to, to take to the temple. Because uh, like I said, um, it was a group A or I can't remember. Um, that after watching Arrival this last time finally um, not finally it, it unlocked a new door to the endowment that i had never even known was there and it anyway it was like so i watched arrival this last time and then i took it to the temple and i was like oh whoa what the heck like so many new things or whatever but all about that that time not being linear and um at the veil at the per i mean lots of different things um, they're interacting with deity in the proper way and sequence and and like oh it's been there all along i just didn't see it but um a lot of that uh non-linear time I, I think is going to be unlocked um 
for many of us, uh, especially like in this group and, and things pretty, pretty dang soon um, as we are mm-hmm. being led to, to those kind of principles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love L. <laughs> Trinity is now. <laughs> Sometimes we get so pigeonholed into the, the way that the world has taught us to measure that forgetting the eternities right now. Awesome way to put it. Something that, um, so I woke up to it. I was like, oh, well, Heavenly Father, <laughs> that <clears throat> he always gives you the big gems, right? Like mm-hmm. on the way. Um, was that it, um, we, if, the importance of forgiveness we can't be um if we aren't in repentance and and forgiving then we aren't we can't be it forces us i'm not saying it right (laughs) but it's um we can't ever get out of the linear way of living because we are always living in the past if we aren't in forgiveness mode and we aren't in repentance mode. And um, (laughs) it's back to that worldly way of thinking that other people need to be sorry or, and and that's just the tip of the iceberg, but you know, for an example. So um, I went, oh, none of that matters absolutely zero 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 so i'm just i felt like my room was just this um solar system of of just showing me all these things that are related to that and i thought oh my god we're so cool so unforgiveness unforgiveness leslie scott has a quote that he likes to share um Uh that uh, (laughs) Oh, he's, he's looking at me like, huh? I'm like, <laughs> or maybe I got it from him. I don't know. Forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yep. and so, you know, if we truly can do that, because if we are still holding on to a grudge or to a wish, or I wish this could have been a certain way, then we're, we haven't forgiven. But if we, if we just let go of any hope of a better past, accept it for what it is, forgive them for anything negative, learn what we need to learn from that experience and move on, then we truly are free from any of that burden that comes from not forgiving someone. And- what is past really it's everything is present before us if we let it be so it's all good yeah it probably goes along with how president nelson tells us to repent daily mm-hmm. repent daily move on yeah, repent daily, yeah. move on mm-hmm. yeah and sweep away that old debris yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, I something just popped in my head. It was from Kathy Barton a, a while back. Um, how depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future. But if you can get rid of and work on both of those things, being perfectly present 
then then time starts kind of becoming irrelevant or um that you can actually get things done right i mean those those two <laughs> two <laughs> modes of satan uh working at us from from both angles can can be dispelled and that that omnipresence can start working within us in a repentant state yeah all i can see is time 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 <laughs> everything's time right oh, well, uh. well you got my head spinning i f kind of forget all my homework assignments of things to ponder on things to study what i need to do now i'm gonna have to go back and watch these two sessions over and over again <laughs> well, uh. all right well anything else before we head out for the night make sure to get your education week uh, schedules all planned and get your things all prepared <laughs> let me know if you need any help um, um did you say, can I say something oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, say something <laughs> that's great what yeah, did i miss what are we laughing at read the comments read the yeah. read the chat oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry i was like <laughs> I don't know. I was distracted. Shannon came on and uh, all of a sudden we're laughing. That's good. Yeah, pop yeah pop you're so profound, time. Kathy. I <laughs> I remember it hit me like a ton of bricks when you said it. And I was like, I don't think it sounded that good when I said it. <laughs> Cameron makes everything better. <laughs> well, the present is where we connect with God, right? Mm -hmm. Not in the past, not in the future. Satan wants to keep us in one of those so that we can't connect to God. But when we're present, that's where we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, what you got, Stanley? Oh, I just was a little bit late getting on. So I was wondering um, about Education Week. And I can uh -huh. go back and, and watch it, but I didn't know. Is anybody getting together? I'd love to meet everyone and go to dinner or yeah, everyone's so, welcome um, to come to my house. Oh, where do you live at? Salem. In Salem, gotcha. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so at Education Week with at least my schedule, I don't know about everybody else's schedule and stuff, but um, Monday is usually kind of like the the most open day because the classes end way early and so we have monday night but also throughout the week my tuesday through friday schedule frees up from 10 or 7 p.m on and so there there's quite a few times when we could uh, get together have dinner kind of things uh, if we're there on campus but you know yeah i'm i'm more than uh, willing to to do other things as well i have a mission reunion this saturday prior and then uh, I don't have anything the, the Saturday after too. So uh, whenever, whatever, <laughs> we need to kind of start like a, uh, maybe a, a Facebook chat group or whatever with everybody that is attending so that we're not <laughs> bogging down all of the other chats and, and different things with people that aren't attending or getting jealous. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't Darlene, want that to happen. Darlene, are you coming to Education Week this year? No, I won't be there. I can't go either. <laughs> Darn it. You know. It would be great if we all just could get together, mm -hmm. right? That would be a great reason and why. I won't be there either. All my vacation is gone. 
<laughs> you might have uh, indulged a little bit with all your kids, right? That's good. <laughs> we, we've only taken three weeks worth of trips to Ohio this year. So yeah, his, his vacation has gone mine, however. <laughs> I would love any recommendations for classes to go to or uh-huh, anything yeah, if anyone sure. wants Enter to your little video. Me. Cameron did a really cool video. Okay. Where so did you I, put this video, Cameron? I put it on the Facebook group. Um, let me try That's the time it. you use the Facebook group, half the time learning Zion, and I'm missing them. I'm on I the know. wrong places and looking for the wrong thing. I'm really bad <laughs> at it. Um, <laughs> I, I just get like a wild whim. So um, I'm posting it in the chat right now. If, if you're able to access that, if not, I can email it to you. Um, but... Um, Anyway, so I did like a little half hour thing of like going through the PDF of the classes and um, how to, to get your own PDF that you can mark up and uh, pick what you want. But Nancy was showing me that the app does have the, the updates on it now. So um, if you, in your app store, you look up BYU, um, it'll have an app called Continuing Education. And so uh, there you can like plan out your schedule and stuff like that, if that's easier for you. Um, I, I kind of do both. I, I do it on my phone. I do it on paper. I like to scribble and everything. But anyway, my video goes through and, and shows you my process on what I'm taking and why of, um, oh, I've taken this class before. It's really good kind of thing. And uh, this is why I'm going to be in this one or anyway, different things like that. So give that a watch. And if you have other questions and, and things like that, like I'm offering it to everybody. Like if you want like, um, to hop on like a call and say like, okay, here's some of my, my top picks, like which one would you recommend? And, uh, you know, knowing campus and stuff, I could be like, oh, well, this one's going to be your best bet because of this and this or, or whatever. And so if you need help uh, planning out that, uh, I'm more than happy to, to hop on there, but you can see which classes I'm taking and, you know, if you want to join in there or, or take some of the other ones or whatever, but um yeah there's so much for everyone like whatever you're wanting to study there's, there's a plethora of different things the app awesome. does not have good class descriptions though so if the pdf is truly the book that they send out you're going to get a better feel for the class description and what the class is about from that than you will from the app but the app is great once you know what you want to click out, you know, I'm taking this and then this and then this and then this, and then it'll give you your schedule and you know where to go and that yeah. kind of And it'll like send you reminders throughout the day if you want them um, of like, hey, you know, in 15 minutes, you're going to be wanting to hike to the Benson or, or this mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So the app is, is really handy once you're there. Yeah, each year I want to walk less and less. <laughs> right. <laughs> you watch Cameron's video, he tells you how to combat that mm. <laughs> I, I found it now Aaron i'm gonna watch it when we're done i'm gonna watch his little youtube <laughs> it's really dumb but yeah, I have so a funny. so excited it's like it's christmas eve <laughs> it seriously was yesterday holy I cow know. i, I could tell the PDF and i was like oh my gosh because i i i kind of glanced a little bit through it but not much so like on the video is when i'm first discovering the classes and going oh, oh my gosh Oh my gosh, they're presenting to this year. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> it was What's so that? Fun. <laughs> that I, I, so fun. 
I have a couple slots I have to fill. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. planning out your ideal lunchtime, dinner time, snack time. Who gets lunch? <laughs> Hiking. Gets I know, lunch? right? I, I never can fit in lunch because it's always another thing. So I got to pack some good stuff. You, you it's so hard to eat bag. out now. With, yeah. the, with my new eating habits, I tried to eat out Friday night. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> like, okay, I've got to plan better and bring my own food. <laughs> then why eat out if you're bringing your own food? No, yeah. I'm. I'm just saying when I was eating out because I'm changing my whole diet. It was like I've got to really think this through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a couple of videos because uh, you were looking for some recipes and stuff. Um, my mom and I found uh, a fun YouTube channel that had some oh. like kind of uh, not no brainer ones, but like when you're on a really busy schedule and you can only meal prep so much like and it'll help get you through your week kind of thing with minimal effort. Anyway, it was really handy for us. <laughs> I have minimal effort right now. I'm just tired of the minimal yeah. effort i need some more effort <laughs> <laughs> well all right we will see everyone next week for um what are we doing preface <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a fun ride it's only like we have three more class times before education week oh, the year's going by too fast is that so Time has been accelerated. The days have been shortened. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I feel that. I do too. We feel it on a molecular level because we know that time should actually be longer, but time has been shortened. The days are shortened for our benefit. Yeah. So. Anyway, something else to ponder. Put that on yep. your ponder list. Sorry, <laughs> I, I have all these little deep things that I have time for that. I have not time to ponder that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I've been told to say good night, Gracie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.